QD Santa Cruz 90.7 FM, 89.7 and 89.5 FM. I'm Janifa Jahan, the host of this hour with the Hive Poetry Collective. I'm here today with the Watsonville Youth Poet Laureates, Eva Sofia Martinez and Rachel Huerta. For a little background on this, in 2021, the Watsonville Public Library approved the position of a Watsonville Poet Laureate and recognized Bob Gomez as the first to hold this position in January of 2022. The Watsonville Public Library then recommended the establishment of a Youth Poet Laureate program. The selected Watsonville Poet Laureate was appointed by the mayor to serve a two-year term. The committee, after a rigorous vetting process, selected these two outstanding youth, Rachel Huerta and Eva Sofia Martinez Rodriguez. Welcome to both of you. So let me tell you a bit about Rachel and Eva. Rachel is an artist and storyteller with a passion for social justice. She has an extensive history of community service, including being a worship leader in Santa Cruz, working with children, and volunteering years to online literary forums such as LibriVox. Am I saying that correctly, Rachel? Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> LibriVox audiobooks and the Young Writers Workshop. She's been musically trained for the past 13 years. When Rachel's not experimenting with wordcraft, she's on stage somewhere playing piano or befriending stray cats. Rachel is part of the class of 2024. She plans to major in creative writing and become an author. Lucky for us. That's wonderful. Uh, welcome, Rachel. And would you like to add something else fun about yourself that didn't make it to the bio? I am also a barista in Santa Cruz, and that's been a new thing for me. And it's just really fun working with the people and getting to make good coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and where can we find you for locals? Um, that's the Abbey Coffee Lounge in Santa Cruz. I love the Abbey. Yes, that's wonderful. Just off Mission Street there. That's great. Great. All right. And then our other uh, Youth Poet Laureate is Eva Sofia Martinez Rodriguez. And Eva, welcome. I'm glad to have you here with us today. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about what Eva wrote for the Youth Poet Laureate position. She wrote, my name is Eva Sofia Martinez Rodriguez and I was born and raised in Tijuana, Baja, California. Up until I was seven years old, I lived in Mexico and moved here to Watsonville, California at that age. I attended Alianza Charter School and I currently attend Aptos High School. Besides writing, I enjoy playing sports, hanging out with my friends and family, listening to music and watching sunsets a perfect thing for a poet to do. <laughs> and anything else you would like to add about yourself, Eva? I do play tennis and I currently did cheer, which is something new for me as well. It's interesting having to do all the stunting and all the learning new stuff when it comes to sport. It's just like a lot of adrenaline, but a really nice community. So I'm really glad to have those people with me. Wonderful. And do you do these at Aptos High School? 
Yeah, I do them at Pass High School. I did um, tennis last year, but I'm not able to do it this year because of cheer. But I still play outside with like my parents because everyone has like history of playing tennis with my family. So I think it's just a really fun thing to continue doing. Nice. So really active in the outdoors as well, where you probably catch also a lot of sunsets. Yes. Nice. <laughs> very good. Very good. So Eva, let's just go straight into your submission to be the Poet Laureate and the poem you submitted that was a part of the press relief, uh, release rather, is called Belonging. Yes. Would you read that for us? Yes. Okay. Um, belonging by me. Um, okay. I always feel like I don't belong anywhere, not home. I'm too young to be part of their conversations. I'm not old enough to do what they do, not old enough to drink, go out without an adult, not old enough to be trusted and talk to like a person. Instead, I get treated like the baby, the one that needs to be protected and never can go outside because she's too young, can't drink, can't drive, can't think with her mind. But it's not my fault I'm too young. Not at school, though. I'm too old there. I don't know the slang. I don't follow up on trends. I'm old school and get seen as too old for someone today. I worry too much about what other people think. And when counting down the days, I'll be the first to drive, the first to be an adult. It should feel nice when really it's not. The two places where I feel like I should belong are the two places where I feel like I don't. Wow, so powerful. Yeah, I remember reading those last two lines and thinking that is so relatable, that sense of betrayal where the very places that should be my safe places of belonging don't feel that way. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember when you wrote that poem and maybe what impulses uh, had you sit it, sit down and did you write it all in one setting or did you put it together over um, different sets times uh, in your life? No, I did it all together. So when I usually write, it's always based on one certain feeling and I just write like all of it. I remember when I was writing it that I think I was with um, my family. I was with my family and all of my siblings are older than me. So they're like 34, 29 and 26 and I'm 15. So there's like a big age gap. So I always feel like I don't belong whenever I'm talking to my siblings or like my parents because it's all adulty stuff and I'm just over here like a teenager. And then with my friends, it's always like, kind of different because I'm kind of one of the oldest ones in the grade I think it's very relatable would you agree Rachel that sense of yeah, not definitely. ever being enough or quite fitting in neatly mm -hmm. and cleanly right and yeah. have you shared it with anyone of your peers and have they found that sense of relating to it Eva I haven't I have shared some of my poems with like a few people but I really haven't like shared it to everyone it's kind of like with the whole young poet laureate it's kind of like a thing where I got myself to put myself out there and like put stuff that I do secretly because no one ever knew that I wrote like poetry so it's just kind of the first time that I'm actually telling people oh like oh I like writing and I write so this is what I do but like I never showed anyone so I don't know if people relate to it or not well, I suspect you're going to find a lot of youth relate to it. It was one thing that I thought immediately, this is so relatable to many teens out there, especially minoritized youth who are, you know, living in um, sort of a, a foot in two different or more communities. So I think you're going to find now that you're the youth 
one of the youth poet laureates, you're going to get a lot more attention to your poetry and it's going to be kind of maybe exciting for you. I'm on pins and needles to see what it's going to be like for you as people hear your poems and start to tell you how much it helps them. So that's great. So along those lines, I think the same is very much true with your poem, Mixed, Rachel, that you submitted, and that was on the press release. And it moved me so very much. And so would you read that one? Yeah. Mixed. I am mixed. The soil of strawberry fields and the blush of cherry blossoms run wild in my blood. I listen silently as my abuelos talk over bowls of pasola in a language that's a whisper away from a song, a language that I fight to understand. I trace a finger over the edges of my eyes, eyes that taper at the very ends, eyes that are ghosts of my harabojis. We both trick the cameras when we smile. I am a vivid collage of the beauty that came before, and yet my pecan skin and untidy curls are almost obtrusive in a community of Caucasians. I'm a brown girl with Asian eyes. I will never fit solidly into white America, but I'm always lingering on the outside of my cultures, looking through a window at what I should be. Yeah, I see um, Eva nodding at that. Yes, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I'm nodding as well. Uh, any thoughts or words there, Eva, for Rachel about that poem? Yeah, I feel like it's really, really relatable as well, because it's like a culture where like you feel like sometimes you don't belong again like my poem like you don't belong somewhere stereotypically because you don't look like everybody else so it's always like am I from here am I from over there like where do I fit in like do I really fit in so I feel like it's really relatable too yes and I noticed both of your poems and the last two lines of the poem the the closings of both of them leave us with that image of someone caught and suspended in this moment of being on the outside looking in. Evaz does that through the knowledge of really, I should, it's, I know I should belong and I don't. And there's a sense of betrayal and anguish there, I think. And then for you, Rachel, you leave us with an image, just as you begin with an image of the strawberry fields, you leave us with an image of this girl at the window looking through it but not able to actually pass through it onto the other side yeah that's very poignant uh once again i'm janifa jahan the host of this hour with the hive poetry collective you can find the hive on facebook on instagram at hive poetry collective on twitter at hive poetry and we have a website hivepoetry.org where you can access podcasts of our weekly poetry show you can listen to these on Spotify, iTunes, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Please do subscribe. We also host readings at Bookshop Santa Cruz every other month, and you can check out our website for upcoming events. Once again, this is KSQD 90.7, 89.7, and 89.5 FM. So we will go to another poem by Eva. And what would you like to share with us next, Eva? I think I'm going to read Never Will Get You. I will never understand what it is to be you. After 14 years, a lot can change. I am not in the same place. Didn't grow up there, but I know them. Maybe not in the way you know them, but I do. Living as the only child for seven years straight gets it. I got the most pain then. I know you got it too, and probably worse. 
physically, mentally. It's exhausting, really. No saber qué van a hacer si te van a pegar o dejar caer. I get it. I know you're in pain. And seeing you like that breaks my heart knowing all of us have been through stuff. Nos decimos, maybe they didn't mean it, pero aún así duele. Words, they hurt the most. Anything you want, else you want to share about that poem and maybe what prompted it or how it felt to write that? Um, again, it was a certain emotion. It was a certain moment. Um, it was like when my dad and my sister were having this argument and this fight and um, they both really got like really aggressive when it came to their words. So that's why it says like words they hurt the most because they really do. Like you could experience all of this physical pain, but I feel like words, they really impact you as like a person and what you do and what your actions like lead up to because if somebody tells you something you could change your whole self and your whole personality because of it like if somebody tells you that they hit your outfit like you're never going to wear that outfit again because you feel so conscious so that poem kind of has to do with it too like if you tell somebody something like even if it's just like your kids or you as a kid telling it to your parents like it impacts you as a person so um, I feel like that had to do with it because it was something that my dad told my sister and she told him something back. So they both hurt each other with words. And it was just m my perspective in that situation that like, I know it hurts because I've been through it too. They probably got it worse because it was physically as well, but it hurt in that moment for both of them. So like that was my perspective on that side and that was what inspired the poem. Yes, yes, words leave bruises that linger a lot longer than the physical ones that fade. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I like how you used English and Spanish and how that kind of aggression and pain is um, cross-cultural and polylingual, right? It happens in in every language. It, it happens in, in all relationships, I think. So yeah, that was powerful. Rachel. <laughs> What, what feels like a good follow-up to that? Do you have a poem you can share? I can do Blackberry. Blackberry. I forced my arm through the diamond-shaped spaces in the fence. Wild blackberries, littered with thorns, grow just beyond my reach. They are darkened now, late July, and sweet. Razor-sharp spikes coat the stalks. I wiggle a berry off, sun-warmed, and the juice runs bloody over my wrist. There is a tang in my mouth, and I'm not sure if it's copper or simply unripe fruit. It is painful to pluck the blackberries, and yet I stand here, cram my fingers through the weeds and wire, because I remember how good the fruit was when I was little, and my arms fit well into the empty spaces. Wild blackberries, littered with thorns, grow just beyond my reach. Yes, I noticed, Rachel, that you begin, at least with both the poems you've read for us so far, with these very captivating images and interestingly both of them have included berries <laughs> so far but um do you begin with an image when you when you write a poem or how does image work into your experience of the poem and your rendering of it you know that's a super interesting question because I never noticed that I did that but then I was just scrolling through my poems and they all start with this like visual image and I think that's how I capture like my own attention to keep writing 
because like if the image fascinates me then I'm compelled to write it and find out what it is that I'm writing about um Mm -hmm. so yeah I guess that is a theme in my work you bring in this idea of nostalgia of reaching for something that feels like it's a an earlier memory for you and a nostalgia and also this idea of something that's beyond reach and maybe painful to Mm -hmm. to reach for is there some metaphoricity we can gain from that is there something something else you were noticing coming up for you as you were writing that about the blackberry yeah well it just started because we do have like this patch of blackberries near our house and like throughout the summers ever since I was little we would always go and pick them in July um but then I was noticing like my little brother's arm can't fit through the wire anymore and I can't reach as far as I used to and it's like outgrowing something outgrowing an experience but also at the same time remembering it in such like vivid technicolor and wanting to return to it and wanting to experience that the same that you did when you were younger um but just being unable to yes and using language as the best mode of return Mm-hmm. Which I think so much of poetry and writing is us and language is us trying to capture something right before um, Instagram came along and before we could take photos on our phone language was how we held on to things for mm-hmm. a little bit longer and uh, yeah that that's beautifully explained and expressed. Once again, this is KSQD 90.7, 89.7 and 89.5 FM. Uh, okay, yes. Well, here we are with Rachel Huerta. You just listened to Rachel Huerta read Blackberry. And we have Eva Sofia Martinez Rodriguez as well. And Eva, would you like to read a poem for us next? Yes. Okay. So the next one is called If. Think about it all the time, how this will end, every single possible way this could end when it could be the end. And when I think you had enough of me, when I've had enough of you, and then we both just give up after trying and trying, when can the end be? Am I waiting for it? Yes, I'm waiting to see how much it will actually hurt, to see if I actually loved you, to see if me being with you was enough, even if I learned how to love, and even if I learned my lesson after all those years, to see if all those years were wasted or were not, if I truly was happy or if I was faking it, If me overthinking everything about our relationship was worth it, and maybe if I hadn't said if all the time, it would have been different. Okay, that was Eva Martinez Rodriguez with if. Yes. And the what ifs that happen as we ponder the end of a relationship. It's interesting that Rachel's last poem was about nostalgia, and this feels like a negative kind of looking back and, and as you said, overthinking and wondering and a kind of turmoil where we can really torture ourselves, right? With, Mm -hmm. with that kind of thinking. So again, I, as with the other poems, I imagine it came out of a particular experience for you. Yeah. All of them are based on the same thing, like a certain experience and a certain feeling. Yeah. So has poetry been a kind of therapeutic coping mechanism for you over the years would you say yeah I would say so I struggle with like really bad anxiety so when it comes to letting out my feelings because I'm one of those people who held them in all the time and then like exploded and like let out a bunch of feelings so 
I used writing like as my way of like coping and like letting go of a certain feeling. So that's how poetry became one of my hobbies. And that's how this poem came out of like that certain feeling too. Okay. So how old were you, would you say, as far as you can remember when you started writing poetry or writing in general? Did you start with journaling and then go to poetry? I guess I'm asking two questions there. So uh, at what age did you start writing and then writing poetry? And Um, what did you start with? Yeah. I started with journaling as like, because I learned that with like mindfulness and stuff that uh, you can journal and like get rid of like, your feelings and like write them down and it helps you cope so I started with journaling first and then I started writing um music to like little lyrics because I also enjoy singing and like writing music like myself like I've been learning how to play the guitar but I haven't gotten a chance to actually like write my own song so I just like written stuff and I wrote a song quote unquote first and then I started writing poetry because I noticed that it was kind of like poetry so I did that and that was how I started writing but I was like it was at the beginning of the pandemic I was like 13 so this one this poem particularly and like most of them were when I was 14 so it was really like it was not that long ago yeah I, would you have imagined that you would be a Watsonville Youth Poet Laureate? Did you see it as something that would ever become more public and more serious for you at the time? Never. I always thought it was going to be like my own private thing. Like I started sharing some of them with some of my friends, but that was it. Like that was literally it. I never thought it would go like this far. Oh, wow. Well, that is so exciting. And so I have to ask you, and I'll be asking Rachel this as well, but what prompted you to take that very bold, courageous, and wonderful step of deciding to apply for the Youth Poet Laureate position? I actually got like notified about this because one of my friends is like an assistant as well in the Watsonville department like one of the young young tutoring things. So she told me about it because she knew I started like, I liked writing because I showed her some of my poems. So she's like, hey, like here, this has to do with you. Like you're like writing poetry, you should do it. And I'm like, okay, so I did it, I applied. And when I got it, I was like, oh, I got it. And so we were both really excited because she showed me the application and I never, like, I just, threw myself out there because I was like what do I have to lose like I have nothing to lose wow and how that is so wonderful and how did your family respond when they found out they didn't actually know I applied like I never told them I never told them I wrote like poetry too (laughs) so they didn't know anything and when I told them I'm like oh yeah I got this position I was like young poet laureate and the Watsonville thing like I have to go to certain meetings I'm doing this right now. And they're like, what? <laughs> so they didn't know anything. <laughs> like my parents were just like, what are you talking about? Like explain it to us. Um, so I explained it to them and they were like proud of me. And then they asked me to read my poetry and I never let them like 
read anything before so I was just like why are you reading my stuff like I never show you this this is kind of like private but like it's not anymore because I'm showing it to everyone so it was kind of a really surprising thing for my parents like obviously they were so proud but they were obviously really confused because I never told them anything about anything at all so they were really confused the only person that knew was my friend that told me about it some of my other friends like my friends were the ones that knew and I told my sister about it I'm like hey I'm gonna apply for this like do you think it's like cool too because she also likes writing poetry so I told her and she was the one that encouraged me because she's like you don't have anything to lose so might as well do that's it that's wonderful that you got encouragement that way yes and and I imagine you're going to pass on that encouragement and and we all need that that's great well, thank you for sharing. That's such a lovely story. I can just imagine your parents uh, just <laughs> learning all of this about you at the same time. But of all the surprises to be thrown at you about your teen daughter, I can't imagine many things that are nicer to hear. I mean, if you're going to be surprised, hey, mom, dad, I have something to tell you, right? There are so many scary things a teen daughter can tell you. And I imagine that while it may have been a little bit scary, I think it's probably one of the best things that could come out of a surprise reveal from a teen daughter, right? So that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Okay, Rachel, it's your turn. Um, what will you read for us next? Um, yeah, I can read End Shift. I like that one too. Okay. Yeah. It's three o'clock and I'm making the big gym broom bulldoze across the coffee shop floor. Music filters through the old speaker, so I'm not really paying much attention to the sweeping, the mundane aspect of it all. But I can't quite capture this piece of floor litter. I pay attention, if only to learn how to catch it under the broom. It's a dandelion clock, one of many that twist and skim across the floor every day. I stab at it with the broom, and the breeze catches it and throws it up. It is so small and feather-like. It's like trying to tamp down a cloud. We look at each other, the dandelion clock and I, and I pick it up. I wonder why we think it's trash. Wow, yes, you are definitely a poet of magical endings. I, <laughs> I love the way your poems always end, so far the ones I've seen always end with this moment that just gives me chills at the end, <laughs> it all comes together. I love that. And I also notice how precise your vision is for these minute details in nature and in your environment that you capture, which I think is very much speaking to your poetic sensibility, your ability to see things and help your readers see them the way you see. I, I think that is, um, poets don't so much want to be seen as to have what they see seen, right? Mm -hmm. For us to see yes. as you see. Mm -hmm. And you capture that beautifully and help us see as you see. And, and that is beautiful. So I'm astounded that both you and Eva are doing this at such a young age. Mm -hmm. uh, that's exciting. I, I'm excited by all the poems ahead of you in your life. Yes. So um, tell us a little bit about your journey to becoming the Poet Laureate, the Youth Poet Laureate. Yeah, man. Um, I 
I think I started writing poetry about a year ago, but I didn't like really call it poetry back then. I did like a lot of stream of consciousness pieces, just like hitting enter a lot. <laughs> I don't know. I've always wanted to become an author and that is what I dream of being when I'm an adult. I never really got a chance to share my work like publicly, like poems or books or anything. And so like I've dabbled in like all types of different um, writing and like pieces, like I've done songs, but poetry, there's something about like the really concentrated um, like imagery and the beauty of the language itself. And so I kind of started like focusing on that and honing that. And then when I saw the opportunity, um, to apply for the Youth Poet Laureate. I just thought that would be super cool if I could somehow, by some miracle, manage to get my work out there. I thought that would be really, really awesome. I'm astounded that it's only been a year that you've been writing poetry. And clearly you were writing in other genres before then yeah. because you are mm-hmm. so adept. I <laughs> don't think you went from zero to writing poetry of that caliber just a year ago. And what kind of training have you done to uh, bring your writing forward and develop yourself as a writer? And at what age did you start? Oh man. You such a prodigy to me. I want to, I want <laughs> to hear this and I want our audience to hear it. Writing in general, I think I started when I was about six. It was not anything. <laughs> yeah, and then I wrote like a lot of Star Wars fan fiction from like nine to 11. <laughs> But when I was 14, I joined this forum called the Young Writers Workshop. And it was just this paid training that like an indefinite amount of time they would have like videos and live trainings with like authors. Um, and just this catalog of resources to just help you really hone your craft. And so I was there for about two years. Like I started serving on staff about six months into Yeah, it was just a really crazy time of just growth and just like being super focused on this. Um, Like I signed up for like an extra program to work with a TA. And so we have like multiple assignments every week and we'd get feedback. And um, it was a very like intensive course. But I really think that helped me in my writing a lot. It was challenging, but I would say it was really worth it. And so during that time, like the last couple of years, it's really I've really seen changes like in my writing voice and just my descriptions of imagery as well. Would you say you became more image driven as your poetry is? Yeah, I would say so. Just figuring out who I was as a writer and what fascinated me, what like impacted me, learning more about like other talented authors and finding out what I liked and what just would give me chills or give me just Uh, emotional reaction, emotional response, just learning all of that about myself and then being able to funnel that out into my own work and just having a really safe, amazing place to do that as well. That really helped me grow. Thank you for listening to the Poetry Hour on KSQD Santa Cruz 90.7, 89.7 and 89.5 FM. into this hour, we're listening to the Youth Poet Laureates of Watsonville, Eva Martinez and Rachel Huerta, who have been with us sharing their poems 
some of which they submitted to be considered for the Youth Poet Laureate position, and some which are brand new to my ears as well as we enjoy and hear what it's like to be a youth in today's times. They have been sharing poems of nostalgia, poems of relationships, both within their families and among their peers, and what it's like to be an outsider as BIPOC youth in a culture where they have been minoritized and they have uh, beautiful perspectives on those as well. So I hope you've been enjoying listening to these. And if you're just tuning in right now, uh, you're in for more poems by these wonderful two young people from our community. Once again, I'm Janifa Jahan, the host of this hour with the Hive Poetry Collective. You can find the Hive on Facebook, on Instagram at Hive Poetry Collective, on Twitter at Hive Poetry, and we have a website, hivepoetry.org, where you can access podcasts of our weekly poetry show. You can listen to these on Spotify, iTunes, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Please do subscribe. We also host readings at Bookshop Santa Cruz every other month, and you can check out our website for upcoming events. You know, now that um, you've brought this up, it's making me realize that one of the requirements for the Youth Poet Laureate position was a commitment to social justice. And um, can you speak, I'll, I'll ask you both, but can you speak, Rachel, to a little bit about how you feel and felt that your work speaks to that or perhaps how you plan to do that going forward oh gosh man I I'm so passionate about social justice like racism has been like just this pressing pressing issue on my heart for years now um and I don't know I tend to get like really worked up over things like I get I, I'm a very passionate person and I live life loudly. <laughs> that was alliteration. Um, <laughs> but I just... To our listening audience, notice that our Youth Poet Laureate knows about alliteration. Look it up. <laughs> yes, that was great. That was... But I, I don't know. I feel emotions and injustices very strongly. And I think I always have. But just growing up and be, becoming more aware of everything and my, myself and everything wrong with the world and the injustice, like, I feel that could easily um, lend itself to a lot of anger, which is not what I try to present um, to, like, in my work. Because I feel that, yes, there is so many things to be angry about, but focusing on the anger, it does not lend itself to productivity and to fixing all the wrongs and the injustices in the world. And yes, bringing attention to them is something so necessary and needed, but also working towards a solution, working towards a permanent change um, in culture. And so my hope is that my poems and my writing would be filled with hope and filled with this positivity and optimism towards a brighter future and towards a lasting impact in the world. That is so beautifully spoken. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We hear the passion in your voice. Yeah. What about you, Eva? 
I feel like some of my reasons were also kind of similar to Rachel's because I do get worked up over how people get treated differently because of who they are or how they look like. I personally was bullied when I was little because I didn't look like everybody else because I'm Mexican, but I look white. So everybody thinks I'm white and I always have to argue and let people know like, hey, I'm not white, I'm Mexican and you have to accept that. And like, it's also like, oh, you're so lucky to look that way. Like, no, it's so much more different because people treat you a certain way. And if you don't speak a language, because I didn't know any English at first when I came here. So I was bullied because of that. And it's really different how you see how people treat you when you don't know or are the same way as them. So I feel like whenever people know that they treat you so much differently than how you should be treated as a human like a normal human thing so I feel like when it came to this position and like knowing that it was also going to take part in the community I was like oh hey I'm going to be that representation for those kids who like actually look like me too that are Mexican but are like lighter skin or and like have colored eyes but like so that's what kind of like drove me to like do this as well and be mostly like a representation for those kids and people who might be going through something that I went through as well, because it really isn't fair. Like it's something that still goes around everywhere and it shouldn't be that way. Yes, representation absolutely matters and putting your experiences out there and your stories and your narratives and your your uh, experience of the world and, and being in the body that you inhabit out there in poetry is both a brave and generous thing that you're doing. And I do think it's going to impact others who hear it and say, oh, she, I'm not the only one. She goes through it too, right? That's mm -hmm. um, such a wonderful feeling when you no longer feel alone in what you're experiencing. And so both of you and your as your voices reach youth in the community, I think, stand to make a huge impact. And do you know about some of the upcoming events or ways that you're going to be reaching youth in the community? Have, have you been told or have you started the planning of that yet? I think there were some events that they invited us to. Mm -hmm. I don't know who they were specifically towards. I think it was mostly like adults and like talking. I think one of them was only like youth and little kids, but I'm not quite sure. Okay, yeah. Well, there's poetry in the park, and there are various upcoming events, and we'll definitely uh, be sharing some of this uh, this hour so that people can stay tuned and attend these uh, moments where you can hear more poems by Eva and Rachel. And I'm delighted uh, to hear, tickled to hear, actually, that you both write songs and uh, are also singers because Bob Gomez, you've heard him sing and play? I haven't. No, I haven't no. either. So he often at poetry readings will sing and bring his guitar and sing. And he has wonderful songs of, of protest, social justice, love songs, and uh, just delightful narrative songs, uh, shanties. I mean, he sings so many different joyous things, but... I think it would be great, and I would have invited you to do it this hour, but it would be great to have you at some of these events that you're attending with him to come and sing and share some of your songwriting with us. I think that would be delightful. Yeah, great. <laughs> well, let's see. I think we have time for a poem from each of you. 
Well, yeah. I'll, I'll jump to Rachel because I have a request. The, a poem of yours that I absolutely love is Little Wooden Crosses. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This is, <laughs> this is a uh, pretty intense one, but yes, I, I like this one. Okay. Little Wooden Crosses. Dotted along the highway and edging suburban neighborhoods. Bright pinks, blues, sharp whites. Wreathed with flowers, littered with candles, sometimes naked in simplicity or oblivion. There are little wooden crosses staked into the earth. Here, they shout, is just where a car skidded on the road, brakes slammed, steering wheel jerked, and everything spun out of control until the world stopped and someone was gone. Here, they whispered, was the end. I touched the car glass window, staring at these memorials. Some treated as a celebration of life, a vibrant reminder of a violent death. Some treat it as a solemn memorial, something enormously tragic and infinitely final. Remarkable how a glancing object can be a roadmap in someone else's story. What powerful empathy you provide for us there. Tell us a little bit more about that poem. Yeah, so I've been like passing these memorials for years as long as I can remember there have been these crosses on the sides of the road and I'm not sure why I never knew what they represented until a couple of years ago I realized that these were memorials to people who have passed away in car accidents in these places and something about seeing the spot where someone passed away and that it wasn't meant to happen that for whatever reason, their lives were just taken from them suddenly. Something like something about that just feels so huge and so sad. And the fact that they have nothing more to memorialize them there than a cross, it's, it felt like they should be given a voice and treated with respect, which of course they are, but to just memorialize them a little further um with words and with a poem um and it was just something really poignant that touched me a lot um the visual image of that and so I wanted to share that that's beautiful and yeah. you know what you gave us there is the act of bearing witness which mm -hmm. is something that I think we really cleave to sometimes is watching someone else bear witness shows us how to witness mm -hmm. and allows us to participate in a community of witness. And there's not a lot of guidance out there about how to feel as we pass these memorials, as we pass these moments of tragedy along the road of our lives, for instance, that aren't necessarily personal, but can touch us personally and interrupt, right? Interrupt our day-to-day -day flow. And so your poem does that beautifully. And again, it's so uh, just resonant with the image and the sensuous experience of that whole part of, of passing by and, and having that, that come into your day and, and affect you in a very personal and, and permanent way. Yeah, that, that's lovely. I love that poem. Yeah, I remember reading it and thinking that it was so powerful. Thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you. And Eva, let's hear another one from you. 
Okay, this one's called starting again. The start of something new, new experiences, facing new fears, facing the unknown and what you didn't want to know. It's also different. We all grew up, matured, moved on. Two years ago, we were a family that got separated and now we're all in distant places. It's like I'm getting a preview of how the future will be. Stressful, hectic, and constantly changing. It's part of growing up, but even now I feel like I don't know what to do or what I'm doing, if I'm doing it right or if I need help. It's also new and I'm starting to realize that growing up is hard. When I was three, all I wanted to be was an adult. I wanted to be old and grown up, but now I'm scared of growing up, scared of who I will become, scared of the outcome, and what if I will, and if I will make the right choice. Wishing deep down, I can go back and tell her to take it slow. That works so beautifully with the first poem you read for us with this idea of being both the youngest and the oldest in, in these different contexts and wanting, feeling both like time is going by too fast and too slow. So uh, anything else you can add to that poem? That one was mostly about me realizing that I wasn't friends with all my middle school friends anymore. And I was a high schooler now and we were all growing up and we're like going to graduate and going to go to college and make our lives and get a job and all this stuff, like grown up stuff and how it's happening so fast. And all of us are like, don't know what we're going to do, but it's happening whether we like it or not. So it's the start of something new, but something old that we already knew because it's school. So it was that feeling of like nostalgia of like thinking back, like of all of these memories that we had together as like a class of 2022, because I was class of 2022 in middle school. And now that we're going to be like a complete different class, a complete different set of people. So it's not the same because I went to a really small school. So we were all kind of like a family and we kind of grew apart into like these big high schools. So it was just that me realizing that we weren't together anymore and it wasn't going to be the same. It wasn't like those faces, I'm not going to see them during graduation anymore. So it's different now. Yes, it's it's like Rachel's poem about the blackberries and trying to, you know, stick your hand through the fence and realizing it's not going to fit the same way. Yeah. Yeah. And Aptos High School is one of our largest high schools. So that must be quite a transition for you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Once again, this is KSQD 90.7, 89.7, and 89.5 FM. So um, while we're on this, what are, do you have any aspirations to continue studying writing beyond high school? Or how does this fit into your, this position as Youth Poet Laureate, how does it fit into your idea of who you're becoming as you move into adulthood? Um, I feel like, it's definitely going to help me grow with like social skills and writing itself in general. I do, I've had this passion for English since I started learning it when I was got here. So I love languages and writing in them. So I feel like it's definitely going to continue and I'm not going to stop writing. I don't want to do anything like studying that has to do with writing, but I do want to do something in the future, probably like have a section in what I'm doing about poetry or even write a book about poetry of like my own self, like recaps of stuff I've learned throughout the years. But it's not like something that I want to fully pursue, maybe as a side thing. 
Mm. Yes. Yes, you're an artist and as many artists have to be, we can't, you know, not everyone can be an artist by itself. It's an artist and where you, where you support yourself through other means, but you write in addition, right? Yeah. yeah. Do you have a favorite poet? I just realized I hadn't asked you that. Um, I do. I actually started writing, well, not writing, reading poetry from, I think it's the most basic one, but it's Rupi Carr. I love her. Yeah. All of her poems are very like um, self thing and what she feels. So I feel like it kind of like correlates and goes with what I write. It's not completely like the same, but it's kind of similar. And I love her writing because she talks about so many things that like women go through. And I feel like she's really a big figure for women to like follow up on because she talks about real stuff that sometimes people don't like to talk about. So I love her writing and I, she's my favorite like poetry person. I love hearing that. You know, I have several copies of Land of Milk and Honey by Rupi Carr and I keep them in my office. And when I meet, you know, especially a, a teen girl through dual enrollment in one of my college classes and I'll give her the book, I'll just give it away and say, read her and you'll feel a little less alone. And, you know, it's just, I feel like her poems are so accessible and yeah. it makes sense to me that you would read her. And and I, I hear that kind of accessibility and vulnerability in your poems as well. That's lovely. Yeah. So uh, thank you for being with us. And um, Rachel, I'm going to see if you um, have any thoughts about how this position is going to feed into your future and what some of your future aspirations are and if you have a favorite poet. Yeah. Um, I just feel that like being the Youth Poet Laureate is such an amazing, incredible opportunity, and I'm so honored um, to hold that. Um, and I think it'll really help me like public speaking. I've never really done that before. Like I'm homeschooled um, and just getting used to sharing my writing publicly. That's something that I really needed to work on because I'm also pretty private and I only usually share my writing with like a couple of friends, you know. But um, now that it's publicized, it'll be out there and just um, getting to see how how people respond to it. And I I think I mentioned this earlier, but I really want to be an author um, when I grow up. And so I would love to like ideally major in creative writing in college um, and just to get that experience of sharing poetry and attending readings. Um, I feel like that would be like super cool um like within this journey and also alone like in both ways it's like such an incredible opportunity and it's going to be an amazing experience and oh and um favorite poet I <laughs> this is funny to admit I I have a lot of like random poets that I love like especially on Pinterest like there is some earth-shattering poetry on there um but for a specific poet I am really inspired by E.E. E. Cummings um I love um his writing voice and like the earnestness just the rawness of his work and also just his unconventional writing style and the way he plays with the image of the words on the page um and the lettering and 
um, capitaliz uh, capitalization, um, I write in lowercase. And so it's really cool to me um, that he was able to do that and get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and yeah, he's just, he's a super cool inspiration for me. That's wonderful. And I'm so glad E.E. E. Cummings is still being taught. And that's, that's awesome. That's great. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you know, girl, if for someone who's being private, you're also going to be on the radio. So there's no turning back now for, for either of you. <laughs> no. And good job, mama, with the homeschooling, I must say. Yeah. They, they did a good job. <laughs> All right. That's wonderful. Well, thank you both so much for being here with us this hour. You both represent so much hope for Santa Cruz, for our youth. Of course, we know the power of poetry to help turn lives around and help youth come into who they truly are and express their authentic selves. And I'm hoping that through your presence in the program and in this, these positions and the fact that you're sharing it, which is wonderful that you'll be able to collaborate on these amazing ventures. And I believe they're going to be at the Museum of Art and History. And there are a number of upcoming events where the Youth Poet Laureates are going to be invited to speak and read in the community. So uh, the hivepoetry.org has uh, newsletters that come out that will publicize these events. And there are many ways to access more information about them. So keep your ears open and your eyes open for Eva Sofia Martinez Rodriguez and Rachel Huerta, our wonderful, talented, celebrated youth poet laureates. A round of applause for both of you. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for Thank having you. me. Thank you for having me too. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the Poetry Hour on KSQD Santa Cruz 90.7, 89.7, and 89.5 FM. I'm Jennifer Jahan with the Hive Poetry Collective, and we've been listening to Rachel Huerta and Eva Martinez, the Watsonville Youth Poet Laureates for 2023 through 2025. They are mentored by Watsonville's Poet Laureate, Bob Gomez, and Bob shares that Eva and Rachel have been invited to read with him on Sunday, October 8th for the Poetry and Music in the Park at Mesa Village Park from 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. So do go and support them and listen to more of their beautiful poetry there. They have also been invited to read at the Museum of Art and History with the Santa Cruz Writers of Color Collective on October the 5th and at the Pajaro Valley Arts Gallery reading to accompany the annual Mi Casa Es Tu Casa, honoring our ancestors exhibit on Sunday, October 29th. Stay tuned for reminders of these readings by subscribing to the Hive Poetry Collective's social media pages and subscribe to our newsletters. I'm also excited to announce the upcoming selection of a Youth Poet Laureate for Santa Cruz County that will include all of North, South Counties, Midtown, SLV, and all the communities of this county that I may not have mentioned specifically. So if you know interested youth, uh, do reach out to them because as you can hear from our Youth Poet Laureates, it took the encouragement of a friend to have them put this beautiful work forward. The Youth Poet Laureate position for the county will be a year-long position from April to April. The Youth Poet Laureate acts as an advocate and county ambassador for poetry, social action, and civic engagement. 
They will champion their own poetic practice while also encouraging their peers to take part in the art form through readings, workshops, and appearances at events and engagements throughout the county. The celebration of finalists will be April 10th, 2024 at 6 p.m. at the Kumbwa Jazz Center. This program is spearheaded by our current Santa Cruz Poet Laureate and award-winning local poet, Farnaz Fatemi, who is incidentally co-founder of the Hive Poetry Collective and whose interviews may be found on our website, hivepoetry.org. To support interested youth, Farnaz is hosting workshops run by poets from around Santa Cruz County. The workshops range from generating writing to oral performance of poems, to resume crafting, putting a poetry packet sample together, all these amazing skills that they'll need. And these workshops are open to any students 13 to 18 years old with or without experience writing poetry. So check out the Santa Cruz Public Library's information page for details. Links for the application and other information may be found if you search Santa Cruz County Youth Poet Laureate in a browser or Youth Poet Laureate on Santa Cruz PL, one word, dot org. Thank you and do stay tuned for more Sunday 8 p.m. radio shows from the Hive Poetry Collective. You can find the Hive on Facebook, on Instagram at Hive Poetry Collective on Twitter at Hive Poetry, and we have a website, hivepoetry.org, where you can access podcasts of our weekly poetry show. You can listen to these on Spotify, iTunes, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Please do subscribe. We also host readings at Bookshop Santa Cruz every other month, and you can check out our website for upcoming events. This is your host, Janifa Jahan, wishing you a good night. And once again, this is KSQD 90.7, 89.7, and 89.5 FM. Good night.